All right, I want to try to squeeze in a call here before we get to this UAW conversation because I haven't we haven't talked very much today. Let's go to Diane in Bald Lake. Hi, Diane. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I'm just calling to make a comment. I was listening to you earlier and um, discussing the the recent poll how Trump is leading Biden in these five uh, you know swing states. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I want to say first of all, I consider myself an independent. I've always felt like I was more of a moderate conservative. Mm-hmm. Since Donald Trump's been in office, and I did vote for him the first time, um, I've kind of switched my you know allegiance to more of an independent. So okay. I, I'm open to anybody. Sure. So that being a given, I'm, I'm coming from kind of trying to be more of a neutral view on this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the comment that you had made about the voters who are leaving Biden based on what's been going on in the world right now in, in the United States uh, would by proxy be voting for um, Trump instead. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily a direct line there. I think people like myself who don't like either candidate, honestly, uh, may opt out of not voting at all or voting for a third party like RFK. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's fair. Um, but what I will tell you is of the 74 plus million people that voted for Donald Trump in 2020, let's let me let's chop off 10 million. All right. And those are people maybe like you that are independents and uh, and are and are willing to 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 leave him or uh, those that that potentially Uh, are perturbed by the mounting legal issues that he's dealing with. Let's say all of that exists and say, just say 10 million people are out the door. You know, Joe Biden had 81 million votes. How many of those people are going to be voting for Joe Biden or, or by proxy, if they don't vote for Joe Biden, how, what, what are the, the numbers there? And if you have people that aren't participating, if you if you just say, look, if, if the Arab community says we're not voting for Donald Trump, we're just not going to vote. Well, that's a problem. Or you've got, you know, different segments of the population that could be upset for whatever reason. If they don't vote, if you don't participate, well, that could be a real issue. And for those that do participate and like you mentioned, RFK, if you if you cast your vote for, for him, well, that's, a, again, one less vote going to Joe Biden. And I'm going on the assumption that a third party candidate isn't going to win, at least not this election cycle. Potentially somewhere down the road, I would love to get to a point where there's a legitimate chance a third party candidate would win. But I'm not sure we're there yet. So either way, I'm not sure the math works, but it's a fair point. Um, You know, the the union had won incredible numbers for the rank and file, Sean Fain with the UAW did a wonderful job. I mean, really a master class in bringing big time wins to the rank and file. And with those wins, we've seen non-union auto companies have to give a raise to their workers because they're afraid that A, the UAW is coming in or B, people will leave and go to work for one of the big three because of the 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 big time uptick in wages or COLA or end of tiers, whatever it is, it, big wins for the UAW. So now the union is the, has the daunting task of trying to add to their union totals. In 1979, there was about 1.5 million UAW members. In 2022, which is the, the most recent year of data, there's about 383,000. I'm not sure that they're ever going to be able to get to 1.5 million again, but 
are they going to be able to add to the union rank and file? Merrick Masters joins us. He's a a labor expert and a professor of business at Wayne State University, and he joins us. Uh, Merrick, good to have you back. Are we going to see the union increase membership? Thanks for having me. I think there's a possibility it will increase its membership, but really for it to make a dent in the industry as a whole, it's going to have to increase by orders of magnitude, not by a few thousand here or there. It's going to have to organize whole companies, and that means a Toyota, Mm -hmm. a Tesla, a Honda, or a Hyundai. If it doesn't do that, then it's going to be forced into repeating the situation it's been in for quite some time in which the non-union companies essentially set the pattern in the industry. And except for this latest round of negotiations, the UAW has been forced to try to narrow that gap and have to reduce its wages accordingly. Well, I think Sean Fain said it uh, during one of his his addresses that the contracts that the UAW was able to secure, the tentative deals, were so good that non-union workers were, were getting a bump like we saw at Toyota. How difficult is it? And we've seen the union try to go down and, and, and garner those enough votes to unionize those workers. They've been unsuccessful, especially down south. How difficult is that really from a union perspective to go down to some of these plants, go down to some of these auto wor- companies and try to flip their workers? Well, there are all things, all sorts of things that employers can do and anti-union forces can do that are subtle and not so subtle to resist union organizing efforts. And one thing you can rest assured of is companies like Tesla and Toyota are savvy and they will aggressively fight any union organizing attempt. They will bring out the baggage of the union, including the scandal, as an argument against having a union, they will argue that the union is not worth the dues and that if you have the union, what will end up happening is what happened to the auto industry in the Detroit area in which it has been decimated over time. So therefore, there are lots of things that are challenging and trying to organize from the standpoint of just trying to make the case for the union, but also employers can apply a lot of pressure They can really encourage their managers to, in a way, strong arm employees to say, this is not in your interest. You really don't want to do this. And there are a lot of things that can occur part of an undercurrent, a psychological undercurrent that takes effect in these organizing campaigns and makes it hard for for unions to prevail. In terms of the 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 growth of the union, I mean, the decline has been real over the last, you know, 40 years or so. Is the status quo uh, an addition by subtraction, if you will, if they're able to keep the union at the level they're at now? Is that going to be good enough, do you believe, for union brass? No, because I think what they're going to see is that they're going to lose some members in the auto industry because Uh, the shift to electrification and because of other efficiencies in the production process that are going to require fewer workers. Mm. And therefore, particularly if the electrical vehicles don't sell as uh, they they appear not to be selling at the levels that people had earlier anticipated, then the demand is going to fall off and you won't see growth in employment as you would have expected otherwise. Mm. All those things suggest that you're going to have fewer auto workers to organize, 
unless you're successful in organizing those non-union companies. And that is a leap of faith to assume that's going to take place in the near future. Merrick Masters at Wayne State University, thank you for your time and insight as always. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Yep, Take we'll, care. Have yep, day. you do the same. We'll talk again very soon. Got to take a break. We'll get some more of your calls, your texts coming up next uh, right here on JR Afternoon.